please indulge me in a brief word of prayer. Uh, Dear precious Heavenly Father, we are so near to the end of uh, the year 2021. Uh, And Lord, uh, some of us have uh, uh, lost loved ones. We've lost people dear to us. Uh, We've had some praise reports and we've shed some tears. But through it all, you are good to us. And Father, we just, we thank you as we are reminding ourselves to be mindful of your faithfulness to us. Lord, we trust you. We thank you that you first loved us and we declare our love to you in return. And Lord, come what will, come what may, you're still God. Uh, And that will never change. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, we yield our hearts to you this morning, and we just say, speak to us, Lord, uh, that we may hear what you're saying to us, Lord, understand it, and uh And we would allow the truth of your word to impact our hearts and to be lived out through us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, third chapter of Joshua, starting in the first verse. And it reads that Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Shittim, And they came to the Jordan, and all the people of Israel, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then, you know, and it's interesting that we are on the cusp uh, of a new year. A new year, obviously it's a new year we've not passed there before. Many of us may encounter and embark upon paths and new things and experience things that we've not experienced before. The people of Israel, God's people, are about to embark upon something that they have not embarked upon before. They're about to go somewhere they've never been before. And God is very intentional about what he wants them to do uh, before going forward. So you have not passed this way before. So keep a distance so you have plenty of room to follow. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel from each tribe a man 
And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. You know, it's kind of like you almost come full circle here. These People of God journey started with God delivering them from Egypt. Didn't it? He sent Moses. And we know about the story of the plagues and, and, uh, God sending Moses to say, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh was resistant, but then God's power overwhelmed him and he relented and allowed the people of God Free passage out of Egyptian bondage. We all know the story. God brought them out of Egypt, delivering them from slavery and bondage. And when Pharaoh's army pursued them from behind and the impossible obstacle called the Red Sea lay in front of them, God parted the Red Sea and gave them safe passage to cross over it on dry ground. And when Pharaoh's army tried to pursue them through the parted sea, this may not be a word, but God unparted the water and the sea engulfed them. Destroying Pharaoh's army in the process. So this journey began with the miraculous delivery. Amen. And it began with the and it also continued with a miraculous parting of the Red Sea. They've been here before. So to speak. And we all know the story. Every time they faced a challenge, there was murmuring and complaining. When they were hungry, did God bring us out here to kill us? Where's the food? When they were thirsty, did God bring us out here to kill us? Where's the drink? And it kept on, it continued and continued. It was almost as if they failed to Remember what God had already done. It was almost as if they failed to remember who God is. His faithfulness to them already. Every new experience seemed to be a reset that was viewed inside of a vacuum that failed to recall what God had already done for them. All the way up until they were on the cusp of the promised land and God was ready to send them in that they might inherit it. And what happened? They sent spies into the land and the spies came back, 10 with a bad report, 2 with a good report. The bad report won out. And the people looked and uh, the scouts came back and said, you know what? That land has everything God said it has. But it has a few things in there that he didn't say. Namely, some giants that we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. People of war we have no chance against. So while it's flown with milk and honey, there's nothing there for us but death. Now imagine this, the same God that delivered you from the most powerful man on earth at that point. Whose armies he drowned in the Red Sea after he parted it for you to walk across on dry ground. Can this God not also deliver the promised land to you despite the presence of a powerful enemy? What I should hope so. 
But that's obviously not the way that they saw it. They were so, I tell you what, they were so untrusting of God that they had made up their minds to go back to the place that God had delivered them from. And then God put them in the wilderness and they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And y'all know how I feel about that. I feel like God revealed that to me, uh, revealed this to me that, you know, 40 years represents a generation. That generation that refused to trust God, who was the hindering influence from the people of God, obeying God and inheriting the promised land. They were in the wilderness long enough for a generation to die out. For the hindering influence to die out. And so that in its place, there would be a generation who for 40 years has known nothing but the faithfulness of God. Nothing but the provision of God. Nothing but the presence of God. Knowing nothing but God is their source and their sustainer. That generation and that people led by Joshua is at the precipice of the promised land now. So I just gave a little bit of a backstory and yet before they go to inherit it, God instructs them. I want you to sanctify this time. This moment right here is not something that I want you to forget. And I'll say this, they've proven themselves up to this point to have a tendency to forget. So God takes a moment to have them do something that will serve as a memorial of them crossing over into the land to possess the land that God has promised them. Are you hearing me? So with Joshua as the new leader, God is about to provide another dry path for the Israelites to cross, this time the Jordan River, to begin the process of taking possession of the promised land. They'll end up facing Jericho. That's, that'll be their first battle. It'll be at Jericho. The first enemy city they would enter. And they'll conquer Jericho. We're not going to cover that today, but they will conquer Jericho. The first of many conquests. And they'll conquer Jericho by the awesome power of God. The same power that delivered them from Egypt. The same power, the same God whose power parted the Red Sea for them. Who gave them manna from heaven. Who fed them when they were hungry. Gave them water when they were thirsty. Even when it was bitter water, he turned it sweet. protected them from their enemies and they're going to conquer Jericho we all know the story but before they embark upon that battle God gives them a reminder of where their strength comes from and I want this story to be a reminder of you of where your strength comes from let's continue I stopped at verse 13 he's giving instructions And so verse 14 of chapter 3, so when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above, stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon. 
and those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. I'm going to hold off some of my comments. Let's go into chapter 4, and I want to read the first few verses there, and we'll continue. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. And I love this here. When your children ask in time to come, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. There are things that God does in our lives that should be a memorial forever. Not not just the things in and of themselves, but the things are to serve as a memorial of God's presence in our life, of God's working in our lives, of God's deliverance and provision and faithfulness and goodness unto us. Are you hearing me? They haven't even gone into the promise. Well, they just crossed the Jordan into it. They've not reached their first city. They've not faced their first enemy. They've not wielded their first sword. They've not gotten their first victory yet. And yet, this is to serve as a memorial in advance for what God has already done and what he is about to do. We walk by faith, not by sight. The circumstances don't move us, or they shouldn't. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because I'm big and bad, but because thy rod and thy staff comforts me. Because I know I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I may be here, but I'm not here alone. I may be here, but it's not my strength or my ability or my wisdom that's going to get me out of it. I, I, I totally rely on the Lord my God. He is his rod and his staff. So he's, he's protecting and he's guiding me. He's leading me. And I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get to the other side of the valley, but I know as long as I'm walking with him, we'll get there. The valley of the shadow of death It's just a permanent stay. This is not where we'll end. Amen? But it's his presence that secures us. It's his presence that sustains us. It's his presence that strengthens us. And and, 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 and it is what fuels our confidence. Right? And why, uh, why, Pastor Cornell, why are you harping on this issue of remembrance? That remembrance is key to our faith in the moment that we're standing in. If we can't remember what God has already done, we're going to be tempted to struggle to trust him and believe him for now. Can he do this now? Well, what informs us of the fact that he's able and willing to do it? What he's already done. What informs our faith 
in him being able to uh, take us into this new year or into this new phase of life. And we'll be able to prosper. We'll be able to represent him well. We'll be able to represent the kingdom and, and, and fulfill what he has for us. Well, because every other phase he's taken us through, he's, he's been there for us and he got us through them, right? And so it's critically important to remember. Make no mistake about it. He's having them take all these stones, one from each tribe of uh, Israel, as a uh, as a symbol, as a representation of God delivering Israel, all twelve tribes, <clears throat> excuse me, into the promised land that He swore to their forefathers to give them. But what he's having them do is not just about this moment. It's a reminder of past moments as well. This journey started in Egypt. It it technically started before then, but just indulge me. This journey started in Egypt. With the people of God crying out to God. Hoping against hope for deliverance. And God, after hundreds of years, providing that deliverance. I don't know um, why God allows us to stay in situations as long as he does sometimes. But I know he's a good God and I know he has purpose for everything that he does. We may not understand it, but there comes a point where we've just got to settle in our hearts. Is, is God a good God? Is he? Is God faithful and true? And if I never understand the reason for having gone through something, can we just trust that it was all part of God's purpose and plan that he'll somehow work it for my good? I don't know why they were in bondage as long as they were, but they were. God answered at the right time according to his divine will and plan. But when he answered, he answered, and he answered strong. Amen? When the time comes in God's timing, not yours or mine, we tend to be impatient when we want something. Well, I tend to be impatient when I want something. I'll let y'all speak for yourselves. And there are times when I want answers. I want to understand because I feel like if I understand, I can I can better steal myself and and you know I can move forward and, and handle things better you know but the Lord convicted me on that it's like well are you going to put your trust in your understanding of things or are you going to put your trust in me and so I had to abandon that incessant need within me to know what's going on to have answers to 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 have understanding uh Sometimes when I thought I had understanding, I got in the way and I did stuff that wasn't in the will of God and uh, God had to clean up the mess, right? So understanding is not all that it's cracked up to be. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I probably would have had the tendency of second-guessing God. If I, knew, if I knew the plan from A to Z, there's a few things I probably would want to do differently. And so it's probably best that we just leave it up to God and just uh, and trust him. So here they are. They got the stones. That they pulled out of the bed, out of the floor of the Jordan River. For the express purpose of memorializing this event, not just for themselves, but for generations to come. 
and this memorialization. has a historical component as well as a present component. We're remembering where this journey started, God. We're remembering that when we had begun to doubt we would ever be delivered when we in our weakness had no chance of freeing ourselves from Pharaoh, you delivered us with a mighty hand. And you didn't only deliver us from Pharaoh with a mighty hand, you loaded us down with riches and provisions. They loaded us down with wealth. And when he changed his mind and decided that he was going to re-pursue us, when there was no way out, when our path was blocked before us and Pharaoh was pursuing behind us, you unblocked the path by parting the Red Sea. We remember you, that same God, that great I am, the same, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We remember. We remember you along the whole path. We remember that when we had lost our way and you had to put us in that wilderness, we remember that not a stitch of clothing and not a shoe or a shoelace decayed or got old or, or, or whatever. You sustained everything. Not only did you sustain us, you sustained our clothing. You gave us shelter. You gave us protection. And because we remember this time, this time we respond in faith, whereas we responded in fear before this time. We're coming to this moment remembering the goodness of God. And I strongly believe as they remembered his faithfulness to them, as they remembered his goodness to them, that caused them to move forward with conviction, full of faith, not doubting the victory was inevitable. Not because of them, but because of the God that has sustained them the whole way. I hope, I hope that's uh, coming across and blessing you today. And so, and, and keep in mind, the first time they were at this crossroads and God was ready, God was ready to give them the promised land, they had a different leader. It was Moses. Moses, out of frustration, smote the rock when God told him to speak to it, and so he was allowed to look into the promised land, but not to set feet on it. Moses has passed away and gone, and God has raised up Joshua in his place. And he's parting the waters for Joshua just as he did for Moses. Uh, that's one of the things I like about that is while we ought to remember what God has done, we can't just bank on yesterday's miracles. We can't always put our, you know, invest ourselves in what happened a generation ago. Back when Moses was the leader, God did great things. But Joshua couldn't waste his time trying to be Moses. Right? Joshua was a different guy. God had a different call on Joshua's life. God called Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He called Moses as his deliverer. He called Joshua to lead his people into battle and to possess the promised land. Right? So he had a different calling, different giftings, different charge from God. And yet, 
This memorial serves a dual purpose of confirming to the people that this guy is God's man and that God is with him in the same manner that he was with Moses. And that can spark confidence that, all right, praise God. You know, before it was, oh, that's, that's Moses' God. This people now recognizes it's their God. And that God, that incredible, awesome God, that one-of-a-kind God, that no other is beside him, no other is above him, nor will there ever be, he's with us. We know that now. He's ours. He's for us. He's good to us. There's no force on earth that can resist him. And this man is his man. Joshua is his man that God has called to lead us. So we are going to follow Joshua as God leads him and directs him. And we're going to exalt the Lord and we're going to move in obedience to what God says, trusting that God's going to do what he said he is. Amen. And so, so I love it. I love all that this story represents. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I don't want to over talk it. Uh, verse eight. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant has stood. And they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. Uh, that's pretty much what I'd already said um, toward the end there that God exalted him in their eyes now. So he's on that same level of Moses as far as servant of God and leader. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. These are the last verses I'll read, and then, and then I'll conclude. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask, now here's where I want you to highlight and, and underline, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God, dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Uh, to me, I don't know, that, that, that just strikes me. That, that is so awesome. I, I, could not, I could not read that enough. So, again, it's, it's amazing that God has a plan for everything. He even has a plan for our tendency to forget. 
So I'm not going to just say, you know, we need to remember, read our Bibles. But not just to get a few verses in, read it with purpose, read it with intentionality. God, what are you saying to me today? Don't be satisfied because you got 10 verses or you got two chapters read today, right? Uh, God's word is quick and powerful, right? Dividing between soul and spirit. Bone and marrow. I mean, it's, it's a discerner of the hearts, right? And so when we get into God's word, God's word is living, is active. It, it, it's, it's speaking to us. God, what are you speaking to me today? We should be asking that in prayer. We should be having that as a constant question as we're reading in God's word. Because the Lord's prayer is that his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We need to be hearing God if we're going to know his will. Amen? At least as it pertains to us. If we're going to walk in obedience to him, then we're going to have to remember what God has said. We're going to have to be mindful of what God is saying to us and what he's doing and working in our lives. Everything that God allows us to go through, for good or for bad, God can work for our good. And he says he will. Not just can, but will work it for our good. Doesn't mean we'll get the outcome we want. But we'll get the outcome that God knows we need. And he is the potter, right? We're the clay. He's doing, remember, he's always doing a work in us. And of all the things that is his will, the thing that I intentionally never fail to forget is that one of the foremost things that he is, his, his will is for us is that we'd be conformed into the image of his son. Even more so than our gifts and talents, you know, um, being utilized to the fullest, is that we be like his son. In, In word and in deed. So God knew how easily the Israelites had forgotten him before. Like I said earlier, that's why he instructed them to do something that would serve as a tangible reminder of God's rescue of them from Egypt. God's provision for them from that moment until now. God's presence with them from that moment until now. And God's power at work in their lives from that moment. Until now. Today, we also sometimes forget God's involvement in our lives. When God works in our lives and in, in obvious ways and we understand what he's doing, it's easy to trust him in those moments. And as amazing as those moments are, over time, we tend to forget those previous moments. Not completely. Um, They may be in the back of our minds, but those moments no longer carry the impact with us that they should. It's not always that transitive property. God did it before, he'll do it now. He did it before, he can do it again in this new situation. I don't know how he's going to work it out, but I know he's going to work it out. I have, we have history together. God's track record is strong. So my question is, how can you create reminders of God's goodness to you? 
How many of y'all have diaries or journals? Sorry, guys, if, if it, you know, it's not just a girl thing. It's all right to raise your hand. We can blank out the camera if you want. No, but how many have journals? How many journal? Okay. And so, and there's a reason you guys journal, right? There's, a, there's things you want to, people will have their own reasons. But uh, if you're not already doing so, I would encourage you in your journaling to journal those moments. Uh, have a daily journal of your journey with God. Maybe someone gave you a word that you know in your heart came from the Lord. And it's meaningful you in that moment, meaningful for you in that moment. But if you don't write that down and you're not intentional about about making it a memorial, it could it, it could erode in your memory over time, and it does not have the impact that it ought to have in the moment that it should. I, I hope you're hearing that today. Now, people may not have journals. I'm not a journal dude. I mean, taking the time to write stuff out and everything, that's just you know, so I'm not a great example of this. Sorry. So, but I tend to have electronic devices and they have memos and notepads and stuff. Uh, Maybe your phones, maybe your tablets. You can use the technology that God has given us to memorialize events as well. And I'm sure there are many ways we can do that, but uh, there are many tools that are offered to us, but the important thing is that we do it. So that we don't take the goodness of God for granted. That we don't take his faithfulness for granted. And that's what we're, we're going to be doing Saturday. Uh, in advance, um, I do want to have you be mindful. Even now, don't wait till Friday. Did I say Saturday earlier? We're going to be doing it Friday, New Year's Eve, 7 to 8. I don't want to give bad information. You may ought to put it back up there just in case uh, I say Saturday again. But I want you to start that process now, you know. Uh, I'm not here to chastise you if you haven't been in the habit of putting yourself in constant remembrance of the goodness of God. We, we, we had a communion last Saturday. And what is communion? It's putting ourselves in remembrance of the goodness of God, the salvation of God, what it cost, what Jesus went through that we might be reconciled to God. Amen? And he says, as often as you do this, right, do this in remembrance of me, right? And so God is constantly challenging us to put ourselves in remembrance of what he's done for us. Every one of us has our own testimony. And every one of us need to take ownership of that testimony and continue to update that resume. Continue to highlight it. Continue to... To, to speak of God's continued goodness. He wasn't just good to me back in the day. He's been continually good to me. His goodness continues to, to me today and will continue in the future. Because he's good, because he's shown himself to be good and faithful time and time and time again, I can look toward the coming year with hopeful expectation. Not with dread or worry or, or not wincing about what new thing is going to come out. What new um, challenge or trial is going to present itself. Whatever comes, God is still God. Uh, praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to ask you to just take a moment where you're at. Close your eyes. Bow your head. And if you've not been in the habit of it, of doing, of doing that, memorializing the goodness of God, 
in a way that builds and strengthens your faith? In a way that inspires you to take that next step towards what God has for you? Then maybe you need to start with a prayer to God declaring that in your heart you hear him speaking to you right and and maybe that's the first yes that you're going to get <laughs> that you're going to give God you know it's like okay well lord i've not been doing this and as i've been double minded in my faith as a result cuz when i encounter certain circumstances i can't help but look at those circumstances uh, in a vacuum. I, I, I'm not remembering you in those in a way that inspires faith, in a way that strengthens my faith, in a way that encourages me and builds me up. Uh, uh, I allow the circumstance to overwhelm me emotionally. And Lord, I hear your call right now for me to put myself in remembrance of all the ways you've been present in my life. even in the hardships. So, so pray to God that he will uh, invite God to, uh, to go inside you and go inside your mind and, and to awaken or quicken in your mind um, events or times in your past that maybe up to this point you've looked upon with dread, you've looked upon with the negative, you know, you feel like God abandoned you there, you feel like God didn't come through for you there. I just want to take issue with that because we know God's faithful and that he's good. And we know Jesus said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, I'm just going to bottom line it like this. Either the Lord lied or our recollection of those events is not based in truth. And I probably don't need to tell you what side I land on as far as my opinion is concerned. But I am anyway. God didn't lie. So the fault lies with our our memories and what we have chosen to put our focus and attention on. So I would encourage you to revisit those moments, whether they happened this year, last year, five years, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I would have you revisit those moments and reflect back on them and ask God to open your eyes. to his presence with you in those moments. To the, to the miraculous work that he did that sustained you in those moments. The fact that you made it through, the fact that you made it out is evidence of the goodness of God in your life. Those are not things you did for yourself. God was there and God was working. And it's time as a memorial, it's time that we acknowledge that. And I tell you what, it will be liberating for you as you go back and you see where God was in your story, where you thought you were abandoned and unloved and that God wasn't faithful to you when you see the truth of it of his presence and that he was there with you and like that footprints poem uh, 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 painting and poem he could carry you through that moment and, and then then all of a sudden it just reinforces how much how, how much he loves you and what he's willing to do how far he's willing to go to reach you where you're at to rescue you to heal you 
to be there for you and to be strong on your behalf. Father God, I thank you for the uh, vision correction that's going on right now, Father God. I thank you that you're doing a work in our minds and in our hearts, Father God. I thank you for the revelation that in people's story and some of those some of those dark times in their lives where they thought you weren't there, there be that that you will honor their prayers and you'll begin to awaken their understanding, awake, open their eyes to the fact that you were there, how you were there for them and the things that you did to help them get through. And Lord, when we have that New Year's Eve service, those who are able to come, you know, there will be, and when we have that time of people giving testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness to them, that some of those testimonies will contain um, some corrections. of past memories and they will give testimony of how you've been a part of their story since before they even realized how you were a part of their story from birth you knew them in their mother's womb they didn't just become living persons once they were born but they were living and you loved them in their mother's womb. Even if they were the result of an out-of-wedlock sexual encounter, even if it was the result of, 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 of sin or even a criminal act, they were not born by accident. Their story may have started ugly but you love them from their conception and you have a, you've had a purpose and a plan for their lives from the very beginning and you've been there through every hardship through every trial through every ugly event And I thank you, Father, for rewriting our stories to according to truth so that we might actually worship you in spirit and in truth. As the Lord said, we give you glory, we give you honor and praise, Lord, and in, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.